Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So this is episode 97. So I'm really, really excited for this episode, guys. I cannot thank uh, Graham enough for coming on. Uh, so Graham Tomlinson is at the fitness chef underscore on Instagram. Uh, Graham has the be- is a best-selling author of Eat What You Like and Lose Weight for Life, the infographic guide to the only diet that works. And he has over 700,000 followers on social media, evidence-based coach, and some of the work that Graham is doing with the no BS approach. And I think there's a lot of BS out there. And Graham is doing incredible work to to kind of get rid of that stigma. And I'm very grateful for, for Graham giving up some of his time. So, Graham, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Shane. Quite a good intro there. So I'm quite happy with you that. You can pay me later for that. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so, so Graham, for anyone that isn't aware of your story, can you kind of go into a little bit more detail how you kind of got into fitness and how you kind of came across using the graphics as a way to kind of provide information? Yeah, so um, I, I guess I've always been interested in, in fitness in the sense that I've always loved a lot of different sports, whether it be uh, football, tennis, cricket, golf etc from a young age um, so I've always been quite active and actually played cricket to a reasonable level until I was kind of 23, 24 um, which you know by the time I got to sort of 15, 16, 17 we were starting to to lift weights in the gym and had strength and conditioning coaches etc so that I quite enjoyed that side of the training as well um, and so I guess yeah, I was doing that, but I kind of realized I, I was quite fortunate in that I could go abroad to play to Australia, South Africa, etc. But uh, when I got to kind of 23, 24, I realized I wasn't actually going to be good enough to make a living out of it. And, you know, as a sports person, the the, the income is limited to, you know, before you retire. Um, so I was kind of thinking you know, I'm going to have to do something else. And almost was just like the only other thing I was interested in was, um, you know, fitness. And so being a personal trainer was a natural kind of uh, progression for me there. Um, So yeah, I decided to do an an online course um, and then got qualified for the first couple of years. I was a PT renting a room um had some clients and then decided to get my own place within a few months actually um and i was doing that for for a couple of years and enjoying it you know um but i always in the back of my mind wanted to explore you know something else online and i was thinking about the the longer game because who wants to hire a a 45 year old pt (laughs) etc um not to say you know there's obviously going to be some some good 45 year old PTs don't get me wrong so I always wanted to to have some sort of presence online so I did I got an Instagram account and Facebook etc and for two or three years I was you know looking at what other um, people were doing online and trying to almost replicate it and yeah I was posting nonsense to be honest Um, and then it, it hit me over the period of six months or so the stuff that we were seeing online was was quite extreme um and so i'd seen a few other people do graphics to simplify um the basic relevant um nutritional strands that people should maybe be looking at whether it's um to do with weight loss or um improving their nutritional habits or behavior change and i thought it was quite a succinct way of of communicating the message and really clear 
Um, so I set about trying to do my own and, you know, the first few were a bit ropey, uh, but I thankfully got a little bit better at them. And the main aim of them is just to, to simplify, um, you know, issues to do with nutrition that people have, have, you know, had trouble with in the past and just to make the message as simple as possible and condense it into a, a graphic and help people understand the basics. Um, there's so much misinformation out there that, you know, they've been quite useful for people um and they're always backed up by by evidence and yeah that, that's what i've been doing for the last couple of years and trying to to almost improve every day and trying to you know get my message across to as many many people um in in as relatable way as possible as well and what do you use to create the graphics because i know a lot of people use the likes of canva and stuff like that what would you use yeah. the graphics well, it's a mix, yeah, mostly Photoshop, sometimes um, Canva. Um, it depends because with a lot of the images, I take my own photos and then crop them and put them on the, the graphic. So sometimes they work better on Photoshop, sometimes on Canva. Um, but yeah, mostly Photoshop. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of what I use. And then I just take it take it from there and when you're when you when you're kind of looking for ideas and stuff like that are you out for a walk most of the time and then you're kind of like boom this is my next post or where does the kind of content idea come from yeah so i've got a folder uh with loads of sheets of paper in my house and basically whenever i get an idea i write it down there but it, it generally comes to me when i'm sitting on the couch doing nothing um which is a rarity these days um, but yeah, if I'm if I'm out and about and an idea comes to mind, obviously I'll forget it. So I end up texting myself <laughs> or sending myself an email, um, writing it down and then picking it up when I get home and then kind of taking it from there and making making new posts. And to be honest, there's a lot of posts that I've made that I just haven't been able to communicate the message properly. And I've known that before I've posted it and I've not actually ever ever posted it's probably like 60 or 70 posts lying in photoshop that have never gone out um so yeah sometimes it's a bit of trial and error as well some posts do better than others and that could be a whole host of different reasons it could be uh, simply that the image wasn't appealing enough for someone to stop scrolling um or you know it could have been the fact that there was loads of tiny font in there that people didn't want to spend three minutes reading <laughs> So yeah, there's not there's not really a secret behind it, but I guess the the main ingredient for a successful post is the message that you're you're putting out there. Um, you know, if it's something that people can relate to, uh, not necessarily agree with, but maybe look at and think, actually, yeah, this is worthy of of discussing the point that he's making. Um, that's kind of what I want to do. Well, that, I think definitely since I've started using, like I'd be new enough to kind of social media and using kind of Instagram. So I've only probably only been on Instagram from like a business side of point of view for probably two and a bit years. So it's not that long at all, but I, you can already see that the algorithm has changed it the way that people are posting, that it is a little bit more powerful with the images in that regarding because it used to be like oh here's a picture on my bum but now it's like it has to have a big massive powerful image or powerful text that people will be kind of like stop or rather because so, so many people you know your, yourself when you're on your phone you're just scrolling aimlessly and it has to be something quite powerful 
Yeah, that's that's a great point. I I've seen that as well. And to be honest, that aligns with what I was saying before about myself when I was posting. You know, I'd be posting like, you know, I think I got a pair of new wrist wraps. <laughs> this is like three four years ago. So I just posted me flexing with the wraps on, thinking, you know, what the hell am I doing here? What you know? Yeah, okay, that's a personal kind of post, but for me now, it's I almost feel the responsibility to, you know, help people and inform people. And there is a bit of um, pressure and there is a bit of a pedestal now to kind of an expectation from people that I'm going to provide content that's going to help them um so yeah before a lot of people were just posting you know their backside or flexing and there was going to be lots of likes for it and I don't know if the algorithm changed specifically for that um but now you see Instagram I think it's a positive thing a lot more engagement on longer posts you know carousel posts for instance, the the Black Lives Matter movement over the last couple of months has been fantastic um, in terms of people sharing content, and because there's so much of it, and you know you can't really condense such an important topic like that in one image. The ability to use ten images with lots of um, room for writing different stuff and sending different messages has been so useful for that for a lot of people. Um, and the same would go for any subject as well. Um, just the, the opportunity to condense as much information as you can. And I think the algorithm likes that now. I don't exactly know how it works. Uh, you'd think I would with the following that I have, but um, I think what it comes down to is just consistently posting stuff that people are going to engage with and relate to. Um, you know, if I did a series of completely random posts about something completely unrelated to what I've been posting about for the last two years, I'm pretty sure my engagement would drop significantly. <laughs> so I don't think it's necessarily the the algorithm um, as such. I think it, it will always come back to the core message. And now what we're seeing is a lot of people posting, I wouldn't say meaningless uh, pictures, it's a bit unkind, but pictures that aren't really helpful to people getting less engagement. Whereas now there's, there's almost like an expectation that when you post something on there, if you want to get a lot of engagement, you have to be prepared to go the extra mile to really go all out to try and help people. And uh, yeah. Do you feel that the likes of TikTok are going to take over though? Because that's a completely different medium altogether. So yeah, I thought about that that kind of sidestep. Well, I've got, I've got a TikTok account. (laughs) So, so basically what's going on here with my TikTok account is what it would be like, for an 18 year old looking at a 65 year old trying to work Facebook. So I'm basically <laughs> logged in there and I'd, you know, I've had a look at some, some content, you know, my girlfriend's quite active on TikTok, but she's a bit younger than me. So, so I'm kind of looking at it and some of the stuff on there is completely pointless. Like in the grand scheme of life, completely pointless. What it is, it's like a 15 second soundbite and there's some really funny stuff on there. But it's like a, a short burst of entertainment streams. It's not very, you won't get any kind of educative posts on there, which is fine. So for me, you know, spent the last two years building up my brand with trying to educate people and inform people. It's been very difficult for me. I tried for a couple of months to, to post on there and I just didn't know what to do. You know, I found myself posting stuff that was completely pointless Post, trying to uh, put Instagram style graphics on there with um, crap music um, and yeah I think I have like 170 followers or something on there and I just stopped doing it because um, yeah it's in terms of it taking over Instagram I think it was starting to 
to, to go pretty big. But I think the last few weeks it's been banned in places like India and was it not banned from perhaps China as well? I think Trump um, is trying to bring it in as well. Yeah, so I mean that's catastrophic for it. And I think they've seen over the last few days the numbers completely uh, go down, and which is a bit sad for it to be honest because it was doing so well. Because it seems a political move from those countries. It's nothing to do with the platform itself, um, to my knowledge. But to be honest, I'm not too fussed about it from a selfish point of view because I'm not exactly benefiting from it just now i don't know if you've got a, a tiktok account you we can maybe follow each other <laughs> <laughs> well that'll bring you up to 171 and that'll probably bring me up to two followers so i don't i yeah, i just i don't think it's for me but you never i didn't think instagram was going to be for me i i'll have to adapt if it does pick up um but i i just like i've a, i've the attention span of a fish anyway but i just know it's just going down if i start scrolling on it it's, it's a rabbit hole i don't want to go down but I know that that's yeah. kind of like the the people now just have a very very short attention span, and that's what that's that kind of medium suits a lot of people. But I just for for myself, I I just don't think it's for me. But there, I I could be set, sitting here in maybe two years, and I could be all over TikTok. So it's kind of one yeah. of those things. I'll have to adapt or die. Like that's the thing. Yeah, I think you know I, I would be exactly the same. You know, it, it would be silly not to. Um, what what I kind of can't understand with it at the moment is you know obviously you know it's not all about monetizing and um turning followers into to clients and customers etc but on tiktok it seems very difficult to to be able to do that when the whole idea of it is just entertainment um and i guess there's probably things like ads on it and it's probably starting out the same as instagram did you know when people used to just post crap on there you know for, for like five years before the algorithm changed a little bit but yeah it's interesting uh, I was also, only really became aware of it about six months ago but um it'd be interesting to see how it goes after you know the setbacks it's had over the last couple of weeks but who knows maybe in a year or two we'll be on there instead of instagram yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see. exactly um but i think the for yourself, the the biggest thing is kind of the, the powerful message that you're kind of putting out for the nutrition because there is so much misinformation out there and it's 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 actually still mind boggling how much misinformation is out there. There's still like the the keto zealots and there's still a lot of people putting out a lot of silly, silly information with massive followings, which which worries me that there's a lot of people getting sucked into that. Do you think there's being enough done to kind of change people's ideas around food? Yeah, I actually, um, from from my take on it now is that there's a lot more people in that space, you know, specifically social media, who are, um, call, say, calling out the misinformation, but also promoting better practices and more realistic approaches for people to change their lives in a positive way, as opposed to going on some drastic um, diet, which I would definitely class the, the keto diet as quite an extreme way of trying to um, change your dietary habits um so yeah i do i mean maybe it's just because the only people i follow on instagram are you know likes of you know people who are going to promote evidence-based practice um so yeah but it, it is i think it's a lot better and it's always improving which is a good thing because i think it had probably reached a turning point it reached the point of you know, something has to be done about this. Maybe two or three years ago, people were just starting to think, right, 
you know, there's too many of these juice cleanses. There's too many of these, um, you know, colon cleanses and coffee enemas and, uh, you know, ridiculous. You know, the latest one is dry fasting where you don't drink water for you know, 24 hours or something crazy. Um, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. And the good thing about it is when you call that stuff out, even people who are tempted to do those extreme uh, diets are always going to look at what you say and think, yeah, actually you are right, even if they do go and do something crazy. Um, so I think people in general know <laughs> what they should be doing. Um, but yeah, I think it just we just need to keep hammering at home for another few years and hopefully we can kind of, um, you know, equip people with the best possible information that they can they can have uh really yeah i think i think you've hit the nail on the head there you can only kind of give them the right tools it's up to them to kind of build their own house and kind of build their own kind of mentality around things like it's exactly what you said as well about that a lot of people do try those so-called kind of diets and stuff like that and then they kind of pop you a message afterwards saying that you're actually right um and then they kind of clue themselves in a little bit more uh, is there anyone, is there kind of two or three people that you go to for your information for that kind of evidence-based stuff that kind of would be relatable to kind of John and Mary down the road that isn't too technical? Um, yeah, I mean, I think what what would normally happen is if, if a new topic comes up or, um, you know, something something comes up, I would always go to to maybe a couple of accounts to see what they say about it or comment about it, just to kind of see if I, you know, they align with what I'm thinking. You know, I can think of people like um, Lane Norton, who's been around for uh, many years now, and as you know, sometimes his approach can seem quite kind of abrupt, and you know, he's not scared of, of really going for people on his on social media, but you know, he's he's uh, you know his his uh, research in the past has been has been pretty important and people like alan arrigan um as well from a research point of view um brad skodenfeld as well um those those three are probably three that i can name off the top of my head that i always kind of think well those guys in the past have always promoted information that is balanced and objective and you know even in some of the research i think alan arrigan and brad did did a couple of uh, whether it was a meta-analysis or not, I can't remember. But they were they were discussing what the frequency of meals and how that affected weight loss. And the conclusion after all that research was that there's no conclusive evidence, or there's maybe slight evidence that more meals will help with weight loss. But listen, there you know it's so difficult, and there's so much nuance in this. It's it's difficult for us to actually state that that's that that's factual. Um, and that's the, the conclusive answer. So even after all that, they're still willing to say, you know, there's a bit of evidence here, but it's probably not significant enough to to conclude. And so it's still kind of out there. I think that's where we need to be in terms of research is people kind of saying both sides of the story um, as opposed to just extreme stuff like, you know, keto diet will lose you'll lose six pounds in a week uh despite it all being water probably <laughs> yeah yeah and but you'll like you'll always whatever opinion you have you'll always find a paper to match your your view there's always going to be a paper out there that you'll match your view with and that's going to probably be the one you go to that you're going to if someone has kind of like 
an argument against you or the point against you. You'll be like, yeah, here's the paper. And then they'll throw back a different paper point in their view. So it is important to kind of find the happy medium. But the likes of yourself and kind of Ben Carpenter uh, and Martin McDonald I'd throw probably in there as well in relation to kind of having an evidence-based approach, but also making it very simple for John and Mary down the road. No, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Forgot those two. Um, absolutely fantastic content. Both of them. I met them both um, at IFS in Barcelona last year, and obviously I've been following them both for you know two, three years. The way that they, the way that Ben does his uh, posts with his videos is absolutely fantastic. He adds a bit of humor in there as well, um, but it's just really thorough and just very logically laid out and martin mcdonald as well is is you know half coach half entertainer you know yeah. he's, so, he's so funny went to went to his talk at ifs and you know i was just increases and uh i think you know the likes of james smith you know obviously getting getting the audience in and entertaining them at the same time as educating them is you know priceless because the last thing people want is just to be sat down like they're at school and lectured about things you know they need to needs to be relatable for people to kind of um you know take it in yeah 100 percent. i think that's the unique skill that the likes of james ben martin have is that they can talk to they can explain something as if it's they're talking to a five-year-old but they're not talking down to you they're talking at their level and they can break it down and that's when you fully understand the topic and i think that's really really important and that's why james has blown up um to the where he is obviously and he's he's absolutely smashing it with the second book coming out um very very soon in relation to kind of celebrity endorsements like there was the massive one with the bbc uh with the cyanide stuff um is there anything is there anything that you would change about them or kind of what what would you recommend to people to kind of watch out for with those celeb endorsements that are out there yeah so are we are you referring to the 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 things we see on social media like yeah uh, so you kind of see yeah. i'm not going to mention names because i just don't want anything <laughs> but you talk about someone from Terry or something like that promoting yeah. a certain detox tea yeah so that this has been going on for a couple of years um maybe even longer actually but i've only really been aware of it for the last couple of years um yeah i mean they the thing about them is you know i do have some sympathy in one regard <clears throat> but it's probably like 10 percent sympathy 90 percent you know sort your life out because 10% is the fact that a lot of these um influencers you want to call them that or zedless celebrities are you know probably having their own personal struggles in the the sense that they've perhaps been overweight their whole life or they've always yo-yo dieted they never really educated themselves on how to do it properly and so yes part of it could be that but most of it is the fact that they're getting paid (laughs) you know they're getting paid to sell something and they my assumption is that they don't really care what they're selling as long as they get money and I don't think they're educated enough to realize the damage that they could do you know a lot of these um, without sounding sexist a lot of these influences are female you know there are some male ones that are doing it as well but the the main problem with the, the female celebrities that are endorsing these you know appetite suppressants and uh, detoxes and you know injections to get skinny is the fact that their following is likely to be female as well. And a lot of them will be young and impressionable, maybe in their teens, which is a very delicate age um, for anyone. And, you know, if you see your idol promoting 
whatever product it is, you know, there's a good chance that you're going to, you know, investigate it. And if you're not particularly educated yourself with regards to basic nutrition, you're maybe going to go and buy that. And, you know, specifically if you've got those struggles as well, and you're going to pin your hopes on spending 200 quid on this appetite suppressant injection or uh, whatever it is, and then, you know, it's a very unhealthy way to kind of go about your life. You're going to do that for the rest of your life. Um, but it's more the kind of callous, cold nature in which these celebrities are promoting these uh, products without a care in the world, really. I, I don't think they really, either they fully don't understand the damage that they could be doing, um, or they do and they don't care and they're just happy to collect the money. Um, but, I mean, I went on, There was there's a, a company that's selling jabs to suppress appetite and it was it was... Uh, last month i think you won yeah uh, yeah and you know we've got a celebrity in there who's been in the tabloid papers we won't name her but she, her first name begins with k <laughs> she's been in the tabloid papers for uh lots of different reasons in the past which is obviously none of our business really um but i went on a live and she went on it with the brand that's selling these skinny jabs uh, in fact that's the name of it but uh, you know they're not going to come after us it's fine um basically what what she was saying was it was like a live and a lot of people a lot of followers were in there you know outraged but some were asking questions some were saying you know will i lose weight if, if i take this and you know the celebrity was basically just coming back saying absolutely it's the best thing i've ever done blah blah blah, blah. and then someone asked the question would you recommend this to your 14 year old daughter and she replied, absolutely, absolutely, I would recommend it. And, and it's that kind of, you know, I was absolutely stunned when I heard that. But, you know, that's where we are at the moment. There's, there's a lack of education um, from the people who are actually promoting these unsustainable dieting methods. And to be honest, anybody is entitled to sell whatever they like, whether it's an appetite suppressant lollipop or a juice cleanse, you know, they can do that if they want. It's up to the consumer whether they want to buy it. But um, I think a lot of the, the marketing around these products is quite misleading and it's quite extreme. Um, and it preys on people's vulnerability as well. You know, people are desperate to lose weight and, you know, promising them rapid weight loss without any kind of sustainable outlook beyond that you know, is enough to get people to buy it, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, they, they will probably be quite expensive as well. Yeah, I think what you've just said there at the very end there about kind of playing on people's emotions. And a lot of people are in a kind of at a very low place where they are either feeling quite, they're feeling overweight or they're kind of potentially underweight as well. And these products are kind of coming in and the, the marketing's aimed at them for a reason it's it's targeted towards them they particularly word it a certain way to pull on the heartstrings and they they that's the, that's the way they operate unfortunately i think with i don't like the call out culture that's in the world at the minute i really really don't but i do think that it it's it has some sort of a place in regards to if it's going to help at least one person benefit but it also has to be very careful of targeting the person who's who's promoting that brand because we obviously know what happened to a certain presenter and we just don't want that whole thing to happen again yeah yeah exactly i mean that was tragic but uh yeah i think you know in the last 
year, I think, it's, you know, social media is starting to regulate these ads and they realise the, the vulnerability of, of certain populations and what damage it can do. And I think Jamila Jamil was excellent in her um, campaign, if you like, to try and remove um, these ads from social media. And most of them kind of have been now, you know, there's some influencers, not to name names, who used to promote them, who are now coming out and saying, yeah, I made a mistake now and I, I kind of realized what I what I did. Whether that's because uh, they can no longer do the ads and they're just trying to get some engagement or whether they actually realize, you know, what they were doing was perhaps not in their uh, followers' best interests. Well, you know, it's um, six and two threes, really. It's the good thing is that, you know, these things aren't necessarily getting the engagement that they were in, in the past, but they still exist. Um, but I guess it's just up to... Um, the rest of us to try and you know inform people and uh, almost be in, on their side to try and inform people so that when they do encounter something like that, you know they can do it if they like. But actually, there's another there's another way as well, yeah. <laughs> which is probably going to be a lot more enjoyable and sustainable. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly what you just said there, sustainable, and that kind of leads into like with kind of the world slightly opening up a little bit a lot of people are planning kind of holidays away and trips and staycations as they're called um around kind of either scotland or ireland or england wherever people are listening to this and some people are kind of freaking out that they are kind of derail their progress and stuff like that there's more important things kind of going on at the minute with kind of seeing friends and families definitely the, 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 at the the forefront of that obviously but you talk about kind of weekly tracking versus daily tracking and that's one of the things that I work heavily on with my clients. Can you kind of talk about this, how this has kind of been a game changer for a lot of people you've worked with, I've worked with, and then can you yeah, just expand on it really? Yeah, it's, it's a really simple concept, which I'm sure you know. Um, so obviously when the idea is if somebody's, you know, wanted to change their body composition, let's say that they want to lose weight. Um, the first thing they need to do really is understand how many calories they are consuming. And then uh, using a, uh, you know a reliable calorie calculator get a daily calorie target for the goal so if it was weight loss you'd be looking at a 15 to 20 percent calorie reduction on the calories that you're currently eating um, over a meaningful length of time so you know for a lot of people that's absolutely fine they'll start tracking each day um, but as you know you've just said there you know the world opening up there'll be maybe one or two more social occasions around the corner um, and certainly hopefully a lot more in the future once we get over this um, pandemic. And so the idea is that, you know, we have, you know, birthdays and nights out and you know, all these kind of different things which we want to enjoy in our life. And, you know, some of them revolve around food and, uh, you know, quite a lot of calories in those days. So, you know, if somebody excessively ate or went over their calories um, by quite a bit, you know, for a lot of people who are tracking daily and just having that as their main goal, they're probably looking at it going, oh, geez, my daily target's 1,800 and I've just consumed 3,200. Uh, Jesus, that's the end of my diet. You know, what what do I do now? And it's a really simple um, process of just, you know, multiplying your calories up um, into a weekly number instead of a daily number. So you can always recover. Um, so in that example, all you would need to do would be reduce um, the subsequent days so that on average you still hit 1800 calories um, you may want to be more drastic you may want to go like the next day reduce it by a thousand calories but the idea is that you know if you've gone over your calories um, you, you know you can still recover as long as you hit it on average and it's a simple simple thing 
you know, on, on other days you may, you know, be 400 calories under the calories that you would uh, be eating to still lose weight. And which means the next day you can, you know, if you fancy it, have have a bit extra or, you know, you've got some calories in the bank for your night out at the weekend when you want to have like eight gin and tonics or whatever you want to do, kebab at the end of it. Um, so the idea is that you're basically just playing the long game instead of the short game and just you're thinking about the, the overall average instead of just that daily number, which can I can understand it being quite um, stressful for people, you know, tracking that meticulously each day yeah it can be quite taxing on the mind particularly if you are tracking and kind of concentrating on a kind of a daily figure and it kind of if you kind of go slightly over it and you're kind of quite an analytical person and kind of look kind of number orientated person that can kind of cause a little bit of stress inside on that regard how do you kind of do you have any tips and kind of moving away from the I fucked up diet mentality as well for, for people who are potentially on a diet at the minute? Yeah, it's, it's been drilled into us, hasn't it? It's, it's kind of, it's been born out of the, the good, bad thing. You know, I was good. I was bad. So obviously the I was bad thing. You've eaten too many calories means that you've, you've messed it up. Um, if you, it's almost like, trying to get rid of that as much as possible and just being as objective, you know, instead of saying, you know, this eating two donuts is, uh, you know, that's binge eating instead of kind of having all these negative connotations, just looking at, okay, if I eat these two donuts, that's 450 calories, just being a bit more objective and almost like cold blooded (laughs) with it. It's it's easier said than done. Um, But, you know, I, I guess having the perspective of, you know, one meal and sometimes a lot of people if they've you know if they've had like a takeaway or something like that it's immediately afterwards thinking that they've screwed everything up just immediately saying well hang on a minute no because in the course of a week I've got 21 meals that I'm going to eat multiple snacks so much more time to kind of I would say recover from this meal but that's probably not the right word because you know we can enjoy calorie dense meals um if we like, but it's just understanding, I guess, the the bigger picture, and understanding that one one small meal is just one out of you know thousands and thousands you're going to have in your life. It's it's the next decision that you make, which is actually the most important. So, if you're sitting on a Saturday, not moving an awful lot, and you decide to order a pizza at lunchtime, you know, smash down fifteen hundred calories. That's fine. Probably have a really light dinner, maybe a salad for like. 300 calories or whatever you're probably still slightly over for the day um if you've had a a decent sized breakfast but it's all about just you know viewing things objectively rather than thinking christ i've just i've just blown i'm just going to order another takeaway for dinner and then sunday i'm probably going to have a little bit more um it's getting out of that mentality and just you know thinking right i've done this now next what am i going to do because if if i can either do a next which is reduce calories or b um, you know, I can just, you know, bury my head in the sand, think that I've failed and just, yeah, <laughs> stop trying. So yeah, I guess choosing A would be the better, better approach. Yeah. I think the press and the reset button. So if you've potentially overindulged one of the meals, it's kind of just make sure you kind of win the next meal. If you know what I mean, if some, if you're competitive at all, you can just say, like make it into a game almost say that I'm going to kind of win the next meal. Uh, one of the things I kind of say to my clients is, 
is it a is it a fact that you've messed up or is it an op- your opinion that you've messed up on your diet and more often than not it's their opinion that they feel a little bit sluggish they feel a little bit blur about themselves having after eating the pizza and stuff like that um but there's nothing wrong with pizza by the way for anyone listening to this um it's just that they feel a little bit more lethargic and that's when kind of like negative thoughts can kind of come into our heads a little bit more easily we're feeling a little bit more food coma and it's just important to kind of almost challenge those kind of thoughts that are coming into your head and say right this is an opinion that i've created i'm actually okay and i've in the grand scheme of things i am down x amount of inches x amount of kilos or whatever it may be or i'm feeling good in my clothes i'm feeling great i'm getting eight hours sleep a night and that focus on the positives rather than kind of look at the negative connotations towards things yeah absolutely um it's funny how you know a lot of people are all or nothing um and to be honest for some people that will work you know how many times you know do you hear perhaps from the clients over the years saying you know if i've eaten a a day that's you know supportive uh, you know I've eaten all the meals I, I planned you know that means I'm going to be motivated to go and work out but how many times you hear you know if, if someone's kind of moved away from the diet a little bit that you know all motivation goes so you know the diet is half of it moving and being active is the other half so you know if one goes by the wayside the other one goes as well when in actual fact it's just not logical is it so if, if one side goes by the wayside like you don't go to the gym all week or you don't exercise all week you should probably be thinking in your mind well yeah I should probably just make a bit more of an effort with eating you know meals like like I wanted to plan and the other side of things if the diet goes slightly awry maybe just try and make up for it with you know an extra workout or an extra couple of walks each week um you know those little little perspective bombs that you can kind of put into your brain and can make all the difference sometimes but it's it's really hard and you know have to appreciate people in these situations it's it's not easy and um you know the mental struggle of it is there as well and we have to kind of instead of kind of admonishing people for um you know saying that they've failed it's like well hang on a minute you can never really fail because there's always an opportunity in the next meal the next day to do something different yeah you can't you you can't mess up kind of with kind of one meal it's what you're doing over the long term if you were if you're severely overweight it wasn't one meal that got you to where you are it's what you've done over a serious amount of years months whatever it may be so potentially going to be a little bit slower in relation to that and it's just kind of like there's no such thing as a straight line of progress as well there's going to be days that you don't feel great everyone has down days even the most successful people that we put up on pedestals looking on social media they only put up the highlight reel they still have down days it's just how we adapt to those kind of crappy days, those days that we're tired and kind of pausing and actually realizing I'm not feeling great today. So I'm just, I'm going to focus on kind of getting a walk in or am I going to focus on kind of playing, have a bit of family time? Am I going to go and see my parents and kind of during lockdown, I'm kind of focused on that stuff. And if you're, if something's kind of triggered you as well, whether it was on social media, I'd get rid of social media or get an app called freedom. That is awesome to kind of delete or block the social media for a day or so and have a detox that way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's an interesting point in the last point because uh, social media is shaping a lot of our beliefs now, isn't it? It, it kind of used to be TV and newspapers, but now it's almost like social media and uh, it can get very overwhelming sometimes. Um, there seems to be a, a bit more of a movement now to, towards more kind of um realism in terms of you know um 
there's a lot of influencers now posting different body positions and how you know Instagram will have you ha have it looking and then the reality which is really important for a lot of people um, and more relatable because for so many years people were striving for that perfect physique that was probably you know posed for that took half an hour to get the perfect shot probably photoshopped um, and potentially even you know an app to adjust the, the body parts and becomes an impossible body to to achieve and you know, when people try and, and achieve it and can't um, you know it just demoralizes them even more and uh, I think that's hopefully this is something that will gain a bit more traction and uh, yeah I, I think I'm spending a bit more time off social media now as well um, I looked at my activity on Instagram and I think going back a year I'd probably be on there for you know two two and a half hours a day wow. maybe just kind of like um, you know, a lot of that would be like replying to comments as much as possible or DMs or something. But now I'm on there maybe like 40 minutes a day. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm on for like 10 minutes because I only tend to do posts two or three times a week now. Uh, you know, I used to do daily posts, but it's just too much, <laughs> too much. And, you know, even just doing two or three posts a week is for me, it's, it's helped me mentally a lot because it's taken the pressure off. Um, you know, rather than thinking every day, what, what, you know, what caption we're going to put up there, you know, I'm now thinking, oh, I've got a day off now. I can kind of plan what I'm going to post in a couple of days time and I know what I'm going to post and stuff, but you know, there's no, not as much pressure. Yeah. I, I, I'm 100% agree with you on that side of stuff. It is easy to kind of get sucked into it, especially during kind of lockdown and COVID and stuff like that. There was a little bit more time spent on screens because people were a little bit more idle. So hopefully with stuff opening back up, that things kind of calm down on that side of things and people are looking after their mental health and that side of things. The last question I'm going to ask, Graham, is if there was one thing in the industry that you would change, what would it be? So the one, th I guess it's just what, what I uh, touched upon just, just shortly ago. It would be this idea of perfection. Um, you know, for so many years, fitness was, you know, to achieve optimal your optimal fitness the the idea was you had to achieve perfection whether that was looking at a physique or you know a diet plan which was formulated you know to the gram of macronutrient you know and that's that was the kind of thing that was perpetuated for a long time um on social media and in the fitness industry is that perfection you had to be perfect to get the results but what we're actually finding is that for for ninety nine percent of the population, they don't necessarily want a six pack, um, or they don't necessarily you know want to have the uh, you know a, a diet which is down to the gram of macronutrients. They just want to maybe lose a little bit of weight or become more active or improve their mental health and uh, you know the changes that you can make to to achieve those things are actually a lot easier than you think. Um, you know, rather than going on you know, crazy extreme diets, you know, you can simply look at the, the foods that you're eating currently. For example, you know, simple swaps would be something like choosing leaner cuts of meat, eating the same volume, um, fat-free yogurt, but eating the same volume that you did previously. The same with cheese, diet drinks and spreads and uh, things like that. And so you're not actually changing your habits as such you're eating the same tasting foods but and the same volume but significantly less calories and it's like 
zero effort required there except selecting the lower fat version at the supermarket. There's just like smaller things like that. I think, um, you know, people can hopefully start to realize that it's going to be a lot easier and that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, um, you know, turn your life upside down to achieve what you want to achieve, you know, over a meaningful length of time. If you can adhere to something that you enjoy, that is also supporting your goal, um, you know, that likely doesn't include a, a crazy diet or a crazy workout plan. Um, and hopefully that's a place that we can sort of get to. So I think, I think it still does exist a little bit on social media, um, this idea that you need to have, you know, perfect body and stuff like that. Um, but I know for myself, four or five years ago, I would be, you know, posting pictures of me with a six pack, uh, A, because I was like, thought I looked good <laughs> for like a, a vanity sort of thing. But now I wouldn't dream of doing that. And I don't really have a six pack anymore, <laughs> but I'm probably happier now than I was then. Um, and I'm probably as fit as I was then, you know, I'm achieving all the things in my life that I, you know, that I would, um, if I had a six pack anyway. And so, you know, the fact that I don't have a six pack is, I'm totally fine with it. But, you know, a lot of people probably think otherwise now. They think they have to look a, a certain weight, but, you know, they probably don't. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the perfection thing because I think in my head, perfection doesn't exist because like even if you put up, say, like The Rock, who would probably be like the first thing that comes to your head when you think of male physiques, he's still not happy with how he looks. He's still trying to push himself harder and harder and further and further. And I think even for them, they don't even think perfection exists. It's just trying to push themselves and trying to be the best they can. I think that's what people can potentially try to turn that around a little bit and take it the positivity out of that and say, right, how how can I be better than yesterday? And I cite the with the, with the book Atomic Habits, trying to be one build up one percent better each day, and you'll be so much better at the end of the year or after the end of four or five years. Um, and that's basically what the premise of what David Brailsford did with Sky Team Sky and and the great British. Uh, cycling team and stuff like that so it it definitely definitely works uh, it does. the challenge is those little one percenters um you probably don't actually notice them when they're happening each day <clears throat> or each week even but then you're right if you look back over the period of six months to a year that's when you see where the changes have actually been made and it's actually quite a beautiful thing that you don't actually realize that you changed so over six months to a year um, the change was that easy because it was that gradual and sustainable that, you know, it, it actually didn't impact your life at all. And yes, it took time, but we've got plenty of time to live, don't we? <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, um, exactly. And I like I, it's it's like when you take progress picks, like sometimes you may be a little bit negative towards yourself when you're kind of when you're starting off. And I was talking to a client yesterday and we kind of had like the, the kind of the six week check in and stuff. And he couldn't, he couldn't believe the difference that he saw on his back because you're looking at yourself every day in the mirror. You're not kind of really seeing any changes, but when you kind of put the two photos side by side, you're like, holy shit, this is working. This is actually making sense. And it's actually easier because I'm allowed to have the foods I enjoy. And I think that's what a lot of people just need to kind of realize is have an inclusive diet rather than a restrictive diet. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it sounds a little bit more kind of boring in a way, yeah. you know, this is, you know you're going to be patient etc um but you know in, in most cases where people have have had a successful period of of having a supportive diet or achieving results 
in terms of body composition, it's probably been because it's probably sorry happened over a, a meaningful length of time. It's not happened in four or five weeks, um, and if it has, it's well, good luck to them. You know, if they want to carry on whatever they've done in four or five weeks, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Exactly. Uh, so Graham, you had the launch of the amazing book, um, "Eat What You Like and Lose Weight for Life: The Infographic Guide to the Only Diet That Works." Where can people find out about the book? Where can people purchase it still? Because I, I, we were talking off air that it's still kind of, it's doing really, really well still, which is great. Yeah, I'm really, really happy. The publishers are delighted with it, which is great. Um, uh, yeah, so people can get it on Amazon. So wherever they live in the world, if they jump on Amazon and type in the fitness chef or the eat what you like and lose weight for life, it should appear. Um, I think it's also online at Waterstones, WH Smith, um, and a bunch of other stores. Um, if you have any followers in the USA, I think it's it's in Barnes and Noble as well. I don't think any bookshops are actually open at the moment, but it should be in all the main bookshops. But I think we're maybe a little bit off, or maybe they are open actually now. I'm not sure. I think they're open. I think yeah. they're open here. But like I, I know loads of my clients have I have. I love your infographics and I love the book. And I know I, I messaged one of the the girls I work with that you were coming on. She kind of lost her shit a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so grateful for your time, Graham. And I know there's exciting stuff in the in the background you're working on as well. So I'm really really excited for that. I fingers crossed the the book sales keep going through the roof. A lot more people are doing a little bit more reading with what's going on. So that's a massive positive out of it. Um, so thank you so much for coming on, Graham. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. So guys, if you've enjoyed the episode at all, please do tag Graham and I up on your story. That was really, really enjoyed having a chat. Some no-nonsense kind of nutrition approach that a lot of people can definitely take, learn something from as well. So if you've enjoyed it, please do tag Graham and I up on your story. Um, and please do leave a review up on iTunes and up on Spotify, guys. So thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you very soon.